Old Testament reading today is from the book of Deuteronomy, beginning in chapter 7. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle today is from Paul's letter to the Romans. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among all brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charges against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress persecution or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand now for the Alleluian verse. Shall we go? The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. 
Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How good it is to be among you this Sunday. Nothing like having a couple weeks off to realize ah, how wonderful it is to be home again. And today our gospel delivers to us three parables for the price of one. A bargain at that price, right? Parables are little simile stories comparing the kingdom of heaven to common things on earth. We have seeds, we have soil, we have pearls, we have fishing nets. And they are intended to reveal the mysteries of the kingdom of faith, but to hide them from unbelief, making the here dependent on Jesus. So again, Jesus is the key to unlocking the truth. So the point of these parables is that the kingdom of heaven is hidden. It's costly and universal, and it's literally to die for. So we hear in our text today that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. So as good Lutherans, we apply our question method, right? What does this mean, right? Well, first it means that the kingdom of heaven is hidden from plain sight like a buried treasure. People have walked right over it. They've picnicked on it. They've planted grain on it for years, not knowing the treasure that was buried under the soil. And so the kingdom of heaven is hidden to the eyes of the world. And to the world, the kingdom looks like a simple, well, it looks like a simple water, a preacher in a robe, Eucharistic bread and wine, a Jewish comp, uh, carpenter from Galilee who had the misfortune of being crucified. You see, to the world, the kingdom looks like this. The glory is hidden. The glory of Jesus' divinity hidden in the humanity of the manger and the cross. Or for that matter, our even glory as it is, as new creatures in Christ, hidden under the old Adam and Eve flesh. Hidden is another way of saying sacrament or mystery. 
What is hidden must be revealed, told to you, or you wouldn't know it. And so the kingdom of heaven, though really present, is revealed only to those of faith. You must hear and believe. You see, there's nothing to see. As the catechism teaches, the kingdom comes when the word is preached, heard, believed, and lived. But it's not seen. Preached, heard, believed, lived. So often I think you and I, we get the preaching part, the heard part, the believed part, but then somehow between belief and living, we kind of lose track of things. But God really wants his word to also change how we handle things. Second, a hidden treasure gives value to the whole field, right? Were you and I to stumble across a buried treasure in the field, we'd probably just simply come back under the cover of darkness at night and probably cart the treasure off with no one the wiser and we all the richer. That's probably the way we might handle it. But that's not how the kingdom of heaven operates. The man literally buys the whole realm, the whole farm, the dilapidated barn, the rundown house, the collapsing shed, and the rusty, broken-down tractor. He buys the whole thing. Instead of redeeming the redeemable and salvaging the salvageable, Jesus comes and dies for the whole inclusive world. And he literally buries his death and life in the world as a hidden treasure, giving infinite value to the whole thing. The only thing that pleases God in this world is the death and resurrection of his son, by which all things are reconciled to him. In other words, the world is precious to God for Jesus' sake, and only for Jesus' sake. And again, Jesus gives us a second parable. If that one wasn't enough for you, he gives us another one. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of infinite great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The problem I think that you and I have with this parable is we get distracted by the pearl and hear it as, well, like these words, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price, which is so priceless you must give up everything to have it. Which is true, but that's not the point of the parable. You see, context helps us understand better. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking pearls. Imagine a Middle Eastern pearl dealer working the vendors in the jewelry marketplace. He bargains, he wheels, he deals. He's looking for the best pearl at the best price. And then he finds the one. The pearl of pearls, the rarest and finest that ever popped up from an oyster. And for the sheer joy of owning it, he literally sells all that he has. So this particular parable has been misinterpreted so many ways to sundown. It's just all over the place. But let me just remind you of this familiar verse. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Do you see how 
the love of God is something that seeks us out and that we are that one pearl of infinite value, the apple of his eye in the world that he created and loves. And finding it, he gives all that he has, his only begotten son, in order to make us his treasured possession. You know, we sometimes think we can bargain with God, right? We think we're the shrewd merchant who works through all the pearls of the religious jewelry store and having found Jesus, gives up everything to own him. You see, we want to be the hero of the story, of the parable. But the parable exposes the old Adam and Eve in us, that religion for the counterfeit coin that it is. Do you really want to buy the farm to own the treasure? Do you really want to give up everything to follow Jesus? You know, a young, rich ruler, when posed with this prospect, turned and went home with a long face. You and I, we can't scoff at him. And we say we'd never do the same, but yet we're that same type of people, aren't we? Thankfully, the parable's not about good choices and us doing that. It's all about God's choice to save us. It's about the love of God in Christ that stops at nothing to rescue the world from sin and death. And it's about our God who works hiddenly and mysteriously in, with, and under things of this world to redeem the world. And you know something else that comes out of this parable? It's all about your value to God. You are precious to God for Jesus' sake. You are worth his only son to shed his blood, his innocent suffering and death. You see, that's what he paid to redeem you, to make you his own so that you can live under him in his kingdom. So we've heard these parables, right? These parables which help counteract the influences of this world in which we live, where we like to think that we're in control of all the deals and all the things going on. But yet God shows us that in the most important thing, that he's the one in charge, that he's the one who delivers the gift of faith, that it's he who paid the price for our eternal salvation. You see, he's the one who loves us before we even knew his name. He's the one who loves us even as a baby still corrupted by sin and brings us to the water of baptism where we can be a part of his family. And he even calls people from far off places like Idaho, you know, and brings them to a hot place in the world called Augusta, Georgia so that they might share the good news of Jesus, to share and point out that pearl of great worth, that great news that we can't ever get enough of. Yeah, Ruth Ann Oldie, I'm thinking of you right now because what's going on in my brain? I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. You see, you and I, we are the ones whom God has loved. He has chosen us and gifted us 
and now we are to live as his children. Now I know that God has many great things in store for each of us, and collectively as his people, he has much to share with us. And so you and I, we have the blessing of God to go out to tell others this good news, to raise up our children in households of faith, to continue to be strengthened in God's word. And by the way, we'll find opportunities next week on our rally day on how you can do just that. And also for us in all stages of life to know that God is there loving us, that we are a pearl of great value to him, that he would even send his son to die for us. So doesn't that give you a sense of worth today? It's not because of who you are or what you have in your bank account. It's what God has done for you, how he has called you and made you a pearl of great value. And you know, God does call pearls of great value from other places to bring them to us, right? And so we look forward to Becca's time with us. But we know that we share together a partnership in this good news, that we work side by side, right? You know, they'll know us by our love, right? The old story, the old song, you know, that we'll work with each other. We will work side by side. And that's what we do with Becca and myself and all your staff. We work side by side with you, going about the things of God. So may you and I today know that you're dearly loved by a God who knows exactly who you are and what you've done, but loves you nonetheless. That you are in his eye a pearl of great value. And may that give you a little Christ esteem for your lives. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.